It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Eric Cartier in Colorado Springs at Rocky Mountain Calvary. I hope that you're having a great afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. We are live in studio. The heart and purpose of our show is to be able to get into God's Word together. If you've got a question about a section of Scripture, a particular verse, something going on in your relationship with the Lord. Also, maybe it's a question about things that are going on in your life. Love being able to talk about real things, get into God's Word together, go to God's throne room together. The number is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. We do have all of our lines open. Also, you can send me a text, 720-336-0897. like to welcome all of our listeners on the East Coast in Pennsylvania, Maryland, and New Jersey, as well as right here in Colorado. Thanks so much uh, for listening would like to begin today's show with reading a verse out of Jeremiah chapter 2. It's verse 2. It says, Go and cry in the hearing of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, I remember you, the kindness of your youth, the love of your betrothal, when you went after me in the wilderness, in a land not sown. God is speaking to the children of Israel, desiring for their love. And God always has intended to have a love-based relationship with us. Israel had forsaken the Lord and went after idols in a very gross way. And God is saying, I remember the day when you loved me. I remember when you were young and you were in the wilderness and we were in this betrothal uh, season. And ask yourself this question, am I in my first love relationship with the Lord or have I left my, my first love? And if perhaps we have left our first love, may today be the day where we remember our first works. We remember that purity that we have with the Lord, repent and redo those first works. Maybe when you first fell in love with the Lord, you couldn't get enough of the word. Uh, Choose to get back into the word. Maybe you love to worship, start singing to the Lord again. Maybe it was that you couldn't stop telling people about Jesus. Get back uh, to that. So we're encouraged to give our love uh, to the Lord. Again, you're listening to Calvary Live. Thank you for joining me. This is Pastor Eric at Rocky Mountain Calvary in Colorado Springs. Our lines are open. The number is 303-690-3000. Also, you can send me a text at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line one to Anna in Fort Collins. Anna, welcome to the program. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you doing? I'm good, all right. So I have a question. Um, I've been good friends with a friend, um, a girlfriend, for a long time, um, and I basically just have a question about um, confronting, um, I guess, what what is sin in her life um, in a loving way, um, and kind of how to go about that. Um, okay. So basically, what she's, um, I'm trying to think. Um, she likes the concept of burlesque. Um, I think she likes the glamour of it more than she likes the appeal, um, you know, the sex appeal, I guess, of it. Um, okay. And she's been she's been really um, into it, and I think that she wants to become one, um, one of a, a dancer. I mean, um, and so okay. I see kind of a problem with that. And she is a believer. Um, I just don't know. I don't want to come off as judgmental, um, mm-hmm. you know, or anything like that. But I, I do feel like I need to kind of talk to her about it. So, 
Yeah, you you bet. First of all, is you know to talk to her is is the loving thing uh, in the mm-hmm. proverbs. It says, "Faithful is the wounds of a friend." You know, so a, a real friend is gonna uh, talk to you uh, when you're doing something in your life that hurts God's heart uh, and is uh, destructive. Um, and then in Galatians six uh, uh, verse one, it says, "Brethren, if a man's overtaken in any uh, trespass, you who are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering mm-hmm. yourself, lest you be be tempted." And so, as you go to her, you want to go to her in gentleness and and humility, uh, considering yourself, uh, and think, "How would I like to be approached uh, if I were caught up in a in a particular sin?" And then also to uh, bathe it in prayer, you know, to really ask God to give you specific wisdom on on how to be able to to talk with her. Um, Mm -hmm. And when I have these types of conversations, I I like to jot down three or four things um, on a post-it or on a piece of paper. uh, I don't take that with me to the the conversation, but it's helped me to think through things that I want to communicate. It's helpful to share your Mm -hmm. heart, uh, let her know how much you care for her, um, that you've You've got her best interest in mind, um, and then and then share the things that are, are on your heart. Um, so that Galatians uh, six one hopefully can be a little bit of practical uh, advice as you uh, attempt to navigate this this conversation. Okay, so you think because mm-hmm. um, I was wondering about if I should text her about it or if it should be like a one you know like a face to face meeting or you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I would definitely I do it face face to face. You know, okay. I think it's uh, one. It's really easy on text for somebody to get defensive and to go go back and forth, like for it to go south uh, quickly. Um, yeah. So, so I think really doing it face to face would would be beneficial. Okay. All right. Yeah. Hey, Anna, can I pray for you and pray that God would really give you wisdom in this situation? Yes, for sure. Okay. God, thanks for Anna. Thanks for her calling in today. Uh, And Lord, I I pray for her friend that you would work in her life. Uh, Lord, that she would be, her friend would be reminded of her relationship with you and how much you love Mm -hmm. her. And you would give real wisdom to Anna as uh, she shares with her courage. And you would really pour out your spirit upon her. We pray for a good outcome uh, in this and Give Anna peace, Lord, as she uh, pursues this conversation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You bet. God bless you, Anna. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number is 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text at 720-336-0897. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you're having a great afternoon. Let's go to line two to Chris. Chris, welcome to the program. Thank you. How are you doing, Pastor? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Good. What's on your mind today? Uh, well, um, I'm a Catholic, and I, I have a question. Um, in, in our belief, we're supposed to believe that uh, at the time of communion, uh, the Eucharist uh, is, is, actually, is actually, and wine is actually turned into the body and blood of Jesus, literally, uh-huh. flesh and blood. And I want to know if you if you believe that as well, and if so, I mean, I'm struggling with that. If you could help me with that. Yeah, you bet. Well, I do believe that uh, communion is very special. Uh, it's in- instituted by the Lord for us to remember uh, his broken body and, and his shed blood. 
Um, I don't think that uh, the the broken body uh, uh, and the blood, the the bread and the juice or, or the wine turns into the literal uh, body and blood of the of the Lord. Uh, I, I think it's a symbol uh, that reminds us of the broken body of Christ and His shed blood, but doesn't literally become Christ's flesh and uh, Christ's uh, blood. Uh, in First Corinthians eleven, uh, where Paul is talking about uh, communion, um, and and he says, "Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me." In the same manner, he took the cup. This is the cup and the new covenant, in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Uh, I think it's symbolic uh, uh, that the bread and the cup is is a point of remembrance, but isn't the the literal uh, body and blood uh, of the Lord. So. Um, yeah, I guess to just be frank with you, I, I, I personally don't believe it, it is the literal body and blood of the Lord, but a symbol. So do you, so do you yeah. know why, how that came about, why it is that Catholics believe that? You know, I'm not as well versed as I would like to be on, on the, the, the Catholic doctrine of the Eucharist. Um, so I don't know, uh, the origins of it, um, I would think that it is based off of their interpretation of uh, Christ's teaching when he instituted communion. Um, that they would they would look at that when Jesus says, "Take this is my body, which is broken for you." Uh, that that every time communion is celebrated, that it literally becomes the body and blood of the Lord. But unfortunately, I, I just don't know that they're teaching well enough. So uh, how important do you think it is, uh, whether you believe or not? So to me, it's not an issue of your salvation, uh, whether you believe that communion's a, a symbol or it's the literal body and blood of Christ because we're saved believing that Jesus died for our sins on, on the cross and rose again, inviting him to be the Lord of our life. We're not saved based upon uh, remembering communion, you know, communion is important in our in our relationship with the Lord. Um, so I don't think it's something uh, that that uh, is a, an issue that would determine someone's salvation, if that makes sense. That's that's what I was pretty much looking for. Okay. Yeah. Right, well, thank thank you very much for uh, the information. You bet. You bet. Thanks for calling. God bless you, Chris. You too. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric. The number is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line one to Bianca and Aurora. Bianca, welcome to the program. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I just have a prayer request for the ministry the Lord has entrusted to me because I really believe we're living in the end times now and and I just like prayer that the Lord would give me wisdom to continue not only on my work I do on Facebook with the Pray for Israel group but also for the work that what the Lord's called me to do with the Jewish community and all that stuff. Okay. So 
I right. just like prayerful that. Absolutely. Yeah, well, let's pray. Father, thank you for Bianca, and we just lift her up to you, God, and thank you for the ministry that you've given her, and as she's wanting to be faithful, Lord, we know that our lives here are short, and we know that time is short, that we're coming close to your uh, soon return, and would you give her wisdom, Lord, as she uh, is reaching out to the Jewish people and uh, reaching out uh, to rally those to support Israel and to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So would you encourage her, would you protect her, and we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. Our phone lines are open. The number is 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text at 720-336-0897. We've got a text question that has come in. It says, how exactly does prayer work? Is it actually accomplishing something? I talk to God all day long and tell him everything that's on my heart, but sometimes I think I am doing it wrong. Um, so this is a great question of, of how does uh, prayer, prayer work? And first with prayer, we see that it's relational, uh, that Jesus, when he was teaching us to pray, uh, he said, our Father, which art in heaven. So that's really important to, to, to remember. It's not a task list. It's not us just uh, trying to check off a box, but we're actually entering into our presence of our Father. And then I think a really important part of prayer that I've been challenged on recently is, is am I approaching God in submission? Uh, not my will, but your will be done. And, and those words are said pretty easy, you know, pretty quickly. Not my will, but your will be done. But as we come to the Lord in prayer, the goal of prayer is not to get my agenda uh, done in heaven or, or get God to, to do things my way, but to surrender myself to him. And that takes trust of, of God. I truly believe uh, that you know what's best. And so not my will, but your your will be done. So that's a great way to start prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Make it personal, not my will, but your uh, will be done. And then it goes on to say, uh, but give us this day our daily bread and lifting up our needs uh, before the Lord and the, and the needs of others. And then this willingness to ask God for forgiveness, forgive us our trespasses. And, and then willingness to extend forgiveness to others, to those that have trespassed uh, against us, and praying for protection, that God would uh, protect us from the evil one. So I would encourage you uh, to, to look up uh, the Lord's Prayer. We find it in the Gospels, and we find it in, in Matthew, where the Lord is teaching us to, to pray the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 10 through uh, 15. Um, but, but may God bless you in your in your prayer life. Again, you're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number is 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line one to Diana. Diana, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Eric. I have um, a you? question about, I guess, uh, the parables and the disciples. I always wondered why Jesus spoke in parables and they were so confusing that he even had to explain them to his disciples. Why didn't he just um, speak, I guess, plainly to the people? Was it because if everybody realized who he was, the Jewish people wouldn't have killed him? Or is there a a deeper reason that he spoke in um, parables? It's a great uh, question. Um, You know, and, and 
one of the things uh, with parables is they're they're these short stories with spiritual truths, and these short stories really cause a person to dig deeper and go, what what does it mean? And I think Jesus, as the master teacher, knew that stories were a great way to get our attention, and then also to test uh, people's hearts: to, do they really want to know? Um, and in Matthew thirteen. Uh, uh, verses 12 and 13, Jesus kind of addresses this, and he says, uh, for, whoever ha- who, for whoever has, to him will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever doesn't have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor uh, do they understand. And, and so I believe Jesus is saying, you know, if if you have that spiritual hunger, if you're asking, you're seeking, you're knocking, like with the disciples, they they weren't content to just not know what the parable meant, then God would give them more understanding. So in a lot of ways, I think Jesus used parables to test people's desire or appetite to really know know the truth. Yeah, see, I thought it was maybe something deeper. So if those people have had... Uh, went home and prayed, it would have been revealed to them, or they could have went up and asked him, what does this exactly. mean? Yep. Okay. Yep. And that's what we see the disciples doing. They're like, hey, I don't I don't get it. You know, could you could you please explain this to me? Uh, and okay. so I don't think Jesus was trying to, to keep the kingdom from anybody, but he mm-hmm. was in his own way inviting them into truth by, by getting their attention, and if they'd be willing to go, well, what does that mean? Then they would come to greater understanding great i knew you'd have the answer i was just like what this can't just be because you know you just thought well let's see what people can do (laughs) yeah all right it's an interesting approach it's a really interesting approach because it's a little different than we teach in our culture you know we're we're real direct communicators and we put it all out on the table and so to to put it out there in a story and make somebody have to to think and search for it is is not really our way of teaching yeah, because when you go to church and you're you're teaching, you know, each scripture, each um, verse, then you guys explain to us what it means. So and it might be better if we could, because like when I try to study my Bible, sometimes I just sit there and look at it. It's like, yeah. maybe I need to learn how to go a little deeper into it. Well, the more you study, the more you know, so don't be discouraged. And I know for me, I have those moments that you're describing. Uh, I think we all do. So. Oh, that's nice to yeah. hear. <laughs> so. Okay. Well, God bless you, well, Diane. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. We do have all of our lines open. The number is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text at 720-336-0897. We've been uh, getting some text questions that come in. Uh, please pray uh, for my wife and kids. They say they believe and they pray, but I don't think they really know the Lord. So, yeah, let's definitely uh, pray and uh, lift your family up to the Lord. Father, I know from my childhood, uh, Lord, I I professed you, but in many ways I, I didn't know you. And, uh, Lord, I just lift up this family to you. And, 
Lord, you know their hearts, and, and Jesus, would you be gracious to reveal yourself to them in a, in a greater way? Uh, Lord, for his wife, Lord, that, that her understanding and that intimate and personal uh, revelation of you uh, would be increased, and for the kids, Lord, by your grace, by your mercy, uh, that they would know you and follow after you and hear, hear your voice. So would you protect this family, Lord, give this husband, husband wisdom, and we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're continuing to listen to Calvary Live. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. The number is 303-690-3000 if you have questions or prayer requests. Also, you can send a text at 720-336-0897. A text question that has uh, come in. Uh, it says, is there a difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven? A quick answer here, no. Those are synonymous terms. Uh, the kingdom of God is uh, the kingdom of heaven. So thank you. That was a, a great question. And let's uh, jump back over to our phone lines and let's go to line one to April. April, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. How are you? <laughs> How are you doing? Great. I'm sitting out here at the soccer field watching my boy. Hey, awesome. And um, I am reading in Matthew right now, because I've decided to start reading the Gospels first in my Bible. Uh-huh. And I'm reading where Jesus, uh, he just gave the disciples uh, their power to go out and heal. And I think you were talking about it the other night on the radio. And he is also in, in this book doing a lot of healing and casting out of demons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it within the last couple of chapters, I mean, he's been going crazy with it. He's just healing everybody right. and yeah. just throwing demons everywhere. And my thoughts are that, where are the demons now? They couldn't have just left just because... God left the earth. They, right. They still got to be doing their thing here on earth and possessing people. Do you? Can you help me with that? Yeah. Well, and I think Scripture uh, really clarifies for us. Like in Ephesians chapter six, it tells us that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And so we know that this uh, spiritual reality still exists of light and darkness, uh, of demons and, and of Satan. And so, yeah, I think demons are are alive and well um, uh, in the earth today, and, and still uh, continuing to uh, attack. Um, and it's probably much more difficult for us to to decipher uh, their attack than Jesus. I mean, for Jesus, it was so clear. Oh, yeah, yeah. this is this is uh, demonic um, uh, activity, uh, and so it's a good reminder uh, that there is this this spiritual realm, and the the real battle is is uh, fought in that in that spiritual uh, space, that spiritual reality. Yeah, and it's like, you know, with the recent um, shooting in uh, Thornton here, you know, it's like yeah, the demons uh, have guns nowadays, <laughs> and, yeah. and they can just go out and, you know, like this guy went in just nonchalantly shot, 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 and walked right out. Yeah. And it, it just, I don't know, just... It kind of made me fearful because there's got to be mm-hmm. millions of demons in people now. 
You know, one of the things that we know is that that Jesus' mission is to come and give life and to give it abundantly. And Satan comes to kill, to steal, and destroy. And demons can't uh, just take over somebody's life without them uh, inviting the demons in just like we invite christ you know they they invite invite the the demons in and and even with the demonic influence uh they still have the ability to to choose right right and wrong um and so in these mass shootings you know somewhere we have the enemy's influence and man's uh, ability to choose to do evil you know and and uh, we find that in the life of judas as well like like judas was uh, was being impacted by satan and satan was tempting him and ultimately satan entered him but judas said yes you know and and um you know i just want to encourage you you know greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world and god hasn't given us a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind and and the awesome thing about uh, the gospel of Matthew and all of the gospels is, is Jesus really kicks can, you know, he, he has mm-hmm. defeated this demonic realm and, and he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And so, uh, we're aware of the, the, the demons, we're aware of Satan, but we also understand that they're, they're no match for our King, you know, and we take refuge in, in who he is. Uh, you bet. So, Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you for your yeah, answer. You bet. And yeah, thanks for calling in. All right. Happy birthday. <laughs> well, Thank well, you. Well, happy birthday and enjoy that soccer game. I will. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Have a good night. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number here is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text at 720-336-0897. A text question that has come in, is it possible for something, ghost or demon, to have attachment to you or to visit your dreams? Uh, and so uh, this is a good good question um, you know I don't I don't know if you know, a specific demon uh, would attach or or, or attack um, or be able to appear uh, in our dreams but I do know uh, what God tells us in James uh, it tells us in James chapter 4 submit to God resist the enemy and he will flee from you uh, and if you feel like that you're being attacked uh, by by a demon to really ask Christ to rebuke that that demon. Uh, we don't rebuke the demon uh, in and of ourselves. That would be few foolish, but we say, Jesus, I, I'm being attacked, and would you please protect me uh, from uh, from this demon? And and uh, oftentimes, too, for myself and my family, I've prayed over our dreams and uh, and our sleep that God would, would give us good sleep and protect our hearts and minds as we rest and, and sleep uh, in the Lord. So, Great question. Seems to be a lot of questions today in this area of spiritual warfare and light and, and darkness. And Ephesians chapter 6 gives us a really good uh, place to go from God's word and truth of, of how to be able to wage that warfare and learn how to, to battle in the, in the spiritual realm. So. Once again, you're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. We do have all of our lines open if you've got a question about the Word or things going on in your life. I always enjoy having a conversation, talking about uh, real things. If you need prayer, the number here is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, uh, 720-336-0897. 
720-336-0897. I'm going to jump over and uh, take another uh, text question uh, that has come in. Uh, New earth or old earth? Good question. Some of you may be wondering uh, what this refers to. Uh, There's a position, uh, new earth, that the the earth is about 6,000 years old, uh, starting from Genesis 1, and then our historical account uh, through the the biblical record, or an old earth account uh, that the earth is millions and millions of uh, years old. I believe in a, in a new earth uh, position that God spoke things in, into existence in six literal uh, days uh, and that uh, we do have a young uh, earth. And, and so I will touch on this more as we come back from break. So guys, stay with me. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Eric Cartier in Colorado Springs at Rocky Mountain Calvary. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that you're having a good afternoon and whatever's going on in your life, that Christ is meeting you and giving you peace and joy uh, in Him. I want to finish out that question on old earth, new earth that came in uh, uh, via uh, text. And and so uh, the old earth position uh, is one that the, the earth is uh, millions of years old. Um, and one of the things I think that's really important in considering this discussion is when we see Adam and Eve created, they were created with maturity. Uh, they weren't infants. Uh, they were a uh, full-grown man, a uh, full-grown woman. And so the earth was created with maturity. And so uh, as we try to get a date for the earth and all of the the carbon dating and those type of things, oftentimes I think we don't factor in uh, God created it fully mature. He didn't create it at at an infancy uh, state. So I hope that that uh, is helpful to you. We're going to go to our phone lines to Emily on line one. Emily, welcome to the program. Hey, I love what you were just saying about maturity. That was awesome. Um, I have a question about Revelation. Like, why did God address those specific churches with different letters? And, like, how long after Jesus died were they written? Um, I'm sure I could Google it. But, uh, (laughs) you know, if you could just explain that and why it was written that way. And why, you know, and if, if today if we were addressed, would we be addressed in several different churches? Or how would that apply? Um, or, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. You bet. Uh, so these churches were all in Asia Minor, uh, which is modern-day Turkey, uh, and they were each separate cities uh, in uh, the, that area, like the, the church in Ephesus, the church uh, in in uh, Smyrna. And I think the reason that they're broken up this way uh, is it shows that God is personal uh, inside of each uh, local church. Um, you know, so something similar may be today where God may uh, say, you know, here's a letter to the church in Denver. Here's here's a letter to to the church in in Colorado Springs. You know, at, at this point, they weren't 
there weren't different fellowships like uh, the First Baptist or, you know, uh, Calvary Aurora, Rocky Mountain Calvary. Uh, you know, there was probably one group of believers in, in, in Ephesus. Uh, but I think it shows God's real personal care uh, for us as, as, as believers, um, and are, and are really, uh, insightful. Um, you know, the time frame it's after the, the book of Acts, uh, you know, uh, and, but I don't know the specific date of, of, a, you know, we do know that John, the disciple is the author that God used. And so, so, uh, John is still, still alive. Um, and, and so Christ has died, risen from the dead, uh, but uh, and the book of Acts is, has occurred, um, and, and John is the disciple that's writing it. So it's in the lifetime of, of John the disciple. So Wow, thank you so is that, much. Is that helpful? Yes, very much so. Okay, well, thanks for calling. All right, right on. Thank you. Bye-bye. You, God bless you. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. He was listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. We uh, do have our phone lines open, 303-690-3000. Or you can send a text question or prayer request. The number is 720-336-0897. A couple text questions that have come in. It says, if God brings a man and woman together, doesn't he give love for each other too? He wouldn't allow for someone to be miserable. So if... Someone thought God had led them to someone, he would give them the love for that person uh, too. Um, you know, let me kind of really dive into this question for just a minute because I think a lot of times we have a real cultural view of love instead of a b- biblical view of love. And primarily, uh, our cultural view of love is one that's based on feelings or emotions. And we know we can't trust our emotions. Our, our emotions are up and down. And in fact, in, in Jeremiah 17, verse 9, it says that our heart is deceitfully wicked. Uh, who can know it? And I think when God does bring a husband and wife together that are believers, uh, he gives them agape love, uh, which is seen in 1 Corinthians 13, which is an unconditional love, uh, a love that isn't based on the emotions, that's willing to be patient and to to suffer uh, along. And so, you know, kind of reading in between the lines of, of your question, I sense, you know, you're, you're struggling in your marriage and, and you're probably at a crossroads of choosing, uh, do, do I love them? Um, and, and that is a choice of the will. Love is a choice of the will, not a choice of, of the emotions because the emotional part of love uh, will fall in and out of, of love, but that unconditional type of love is, is a commitment. So I'd like to pray for you. God, I just lift up uh, this person that sent in this text and Lord, I pray that you would just show them what your love is, how you love us and how you want us to love our spouse. And God, I pray that you would protect this marriage and meet them in a special way and pour out your blessing uh, upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, you're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric. The number is 303-690-3000, or you can send a text 720-336-0897. Another text question uh, that has come in. Hi, Pastor. My name is Omar. Uh, what translation uh, does the Catholic Church use? What verses are uh, different? And and so uh, the Catholic uh, Church actually has uh, uh, 
73 books uh, that are there in their translation of the Bible. And those books are in the Old Testament uh, that are different. Uh, they, have, they have 73 books where uh, the Protestant Bible, the Bible that we use, has 66 books. Um, and it's called the Apocrypha are the books that are added. Uh, the Book of the Maccabees, the Book of, of Wisdom, uh, Baruch. Um, and so those are the ones that have been included in uh the, the Catholic Bible. So there is a, a difference there. Um, and those books that I just referenced, the Apocrypha, they're good for history. They're good to read from a historical account of what happened in that period, uh, but they're not good for building biblical sound doctrine. The the, the teachings there don't hold up uh, with, with the rest of the doctrine uh, in Genesis to Revelation, and that's why they're not included uh, in the Protestant Bible. So hopefully that's helpful to you. Uh, let's go over to our phone line. Let's go to line two to, to Van. Van, welcome to the program. Hey, greetings, Pastor. How you doing? Thank you. Good. How are you? Okay, great, great. Blessed. Good. Yes, I just wanted to comment on some things I heard uh, you teaching about. Even the, even the books that you just mentioned, the, the books are mentioned in the Scriptures. In, in the 66 books, the books are mentioned within those books. So the, the apocrypha is in there. God gave them to us, right? Yeah, there's a lot of discussion on that. I'm I'm not aware of where the 66 books mention the apocrypha. Do you know where that no, is? No. Well, yes. Um, Joshua 10:13, Second Samuel 1:18. It talks about the book of Jasher. Okay. And um, it's a it's a few more places that the books are mentioned also. But well, the book of Jasser. Shouldn't we believe them? I mean. Well, just to clarify, the book of Jasser is not one of the apocrypha. So okay. that was a that was another historical book from Joshua's time frame, but it's not in the in the apocrypha. But right, is okay. you know that's a that's a really loaded question. Um, you know, and and kind of like I just just mentioned the reason. I don't think it should be included in the Bible is the the teachings in the apocrypha don't don't line up with uh, biblical sound doctrine but um you know is there any other questions that are kind of yeah, on your mind yeah. that you were I had thinking a about question about um I had two questions I had one about the trinity um and people believing in a trinity um I don't believe it's scriptural the word trinity is not even in the scriptures at all um, okay. and, and you would be breaking the first commandment, which says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. So if God is three, wouldn't that make him schizophrenic? I mean, it's okay. one God. Right. Okay. And and that's clear, you know, that the teaching of the Scripture uh, is that there's one God. You know, so it would be, right. you know, to believing in the Trinity is not, uh, believing in three distinct, uh, three different gods. Um, you know, the word Trinity is not in the Bible, um, but the the concept of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that they're three distinct persons, but but yet one God, we, we find that throughout uh, Scripture. Um, May I and, ask you and a question? The, I don't mean to sure. cut you off. I don't mean to be rude. Um, if that was the case, the Father is God, God was in the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that's God, right? 
So, so that's one thing. That's one. It's just describing three. It's not. It's just one God. It's not even describing three personalities. That's another thing. Y'all say distinct personalities or distinct persons. That's separating it. When you say three distinct personalities or three distinct persons, am I right? I mean, I'm just trying to get clarity because yeah. this is stuff that's not written in the scriptures. In Second Corinthians four thirteen, it says, "We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written. I believe, and therefore have I spoken." Meaning, we only right. believe what's written and speak that. We can't add to the word of God. Am I right? Right. Yep. Yep, I, and it's clear that when we th- think of distinct persons, you know, I, I think of it like this. You know, you, your body, uh, your soul, and your spirit, you know, you, you have three di- distinctions there, but but one being. And so when we talk about, you know, God uh, uh, being distinct but yet one, uh, there's a there's a reality there where we do have the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and there's a distinction, but yet but yet they are one. You know, I think right. the most important thing in this is you know some enter into this discussion, uh, they don't believe that Jesus is God, or they don't believe that the Holy Spirit is God, and that's right. where I think it gets really really dangerous. You know, right. and right. and I yeah. think we could both agree on that. The scriptures really declare that Jesus is God. You know, John one in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God and is God. Um, You know, so so oftentimes, you know, someone might say, "I don't believe in the Trinity. I I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, but I don't believe He's God." So it's good that you know we both agree that Jesus is God because that's a lot of times where. And my other question was about Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that people celebrate Christmas when Jesus' birthday is not even written. It, it don't give you nothing about it. First of all, the scriptures don't say anything about Christmas. And Jesus' birthday is not there, and so therefore we don't have a right to make up anything about God. You know, and so I'm wondering why people celebrating this, and it's, it's paganism, and it's mentioned in uh, Jeremiah. God didn't use the word Jesus, I mean Christmas. But he did describe it, you know. So I'm, like, confused why people that say they are Christians. Or, and another thing, Christianity is not written in the book, you know. That's Constantine started that. So I don't understand, you know, when people saying this stuff. I know the word Christian is in there, but Christianity isn't. Right. So I don't understand, well, you know, how we, yeah. we all are Christians. We're supposed to have one belief. You know, we all supposed to believe the same thing. Am I right, Pastor? Yeah, well, let me kind of work my way through this. You know, uh, okay. first with the issue of Christmas. Like, you're you're right. We don't know when the day that Jesus was born, you know. And right. December 25th did come out of Constantine, you know, trying right. to take a, a, a pagan holiday and turn it and redeem it and focus it uh, on on Christ, um, and I, right. you know, if I don't want to deceive people. I always tell people, you know, we we don't know when Christ Christ was born, and I and I I think that it is uh, between each believer whether they choose to to celebrate Christmas uh, or not. I again, though, I think we can all agree we can celebrate on the gift of Christ. We can uh, uh, celebrate on Him Him coming. Um, 
And then as far as Christianity, you know, the word Christian means Christ-like or right. or uh, little to walk in the footsteps of of, of Christ. And so right. that that teaching is is in 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 the Bible. Um, and then probably the the last part of the question is like we have to have unity in the essentials, which is you know the person of Christ, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, the gospel, how we're saved. Um, you know, but there can there can be disagreement in the non-essentials. You know, we can we the charity, love uh, can can be embraced from uh, each other uh, if we uh, differ on some of the non-essentials. Now, now having said that, I'm a diehard for the Word of God. I don't think the Word of God should ever be uh, compromised, um, and if it if it's written in the word, we, we, we need to follow it. Um, uh, so I don't know if that makes sense. Um, but it's, it's good yeah, talking with you. Sense, and But I just see it as it's all essential. You know, it's no non-essential and, you know, it's all important, you know, the whole thing and that we follow him according to what's written and not putting our own ideas and, our own thoughts. We we supposed to be using his mind, you know, because it says, yeah. "Let this mind be in you," that was also in Christ Jesus. So if Jesus never celebrated Christmas or did those things, and we supposed to be striving to be like Christ, you know, I just I just it's something that's hitting my spirit about it that's not right, you know. So I, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. And um, yeah, you know, I, I listen to you uh, every day when I'm coming home. Well, I appreciate it, Van. It's great talking to you. God great bless you. you. All right. Thank okay. you so much. Uh huh. God bless you. Bye bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number is 303 690 3000. Also, you can send a text at 720 336 0897. Let's go to line one to Brian. Brian, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor. How are you? Good. How you doing? Good, good. So I just had a question, and I know it really doesn't matter, um, but, you know, I hear a lot of people talk about a post-tribulation or a pre-tribulation, and um, and I've heard good Christians uh, on both sides of that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think we can know the times that we're living in. I think Matthew 24, I think most Christians feel like there's something going on right now in the times that we're living in, even though the right. day or the hour is not known. and. And, and one of the things that I came across recently that I, I, had, I was wrestling with in terms of the timing with that um, was found in Matthew 24, and I think it's 29 through 31. And, and in here um, is where I had a question. It, it seems to, unless I'm misinterpreting something or the context of it, I'm not understanding, it seems to suggest that the tribulation... And, um, these things take place, and it's in the Matthew 24 before that. But then when it gets down to the Son of Man, the sign of man coming, and the trumpet, mm-hmm. as, it, as the sequence plays out in 29 through 31, it seems to suggest that the Son of Man comes after the tribulation. Um, mm-hmm. In that, in those verses 29 through 31, it seems to talk about tribulation and rapture there, and I wanted to get your thoughts on that, and and the other thing that I, that you know, kind of 
uh, puts me at a post now a little bit is just in Revelations. I can't remember if it's 12 or 7, but it talks about white, and he says, you know who these are. Um, these are people that came through the Great Tribulation. So there, there seems to be Scripture that talks about people coming through the Great Tribulation, and then mm-hmm. that passage in Matthew is what I really wanted to get your thoughts on is, does that, in, does that seem to indicate in 29 through 31 that the Tribulation takes place prior to the, the Son of Man coming? Yeah, yeah, it's a good... Let me read that, those three verses. So this is Matthew twenty four twenty nine. It says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the Son of Man will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of heavens will be shaken. The sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send angels with a great sound of trumpet, and they will gather together his elect, the four winds, and from the end of heaven uh, to to the other. And so as I look at, you know, end-time events, uh, you know, this is clearly referring to the second coming of Jesus. And I think that the second coming of Christ is at the end of the tribulation. Uh, when we read the book of Revelation, uh, the second coming of Christ is when he returns to the Mount of Olives, Zechariah mm-hmm. 12 as well, and then he rules and reigns uh, in in Jerusalem. So then the question is, does the rapture happen prior to the second coming of Jesus, and is it a separate event? Um and in First Thessalonians 4, it talks about the rapture. It says that, that we'll be caught up uh, and forever be with the Lord. And so the kind of the pre-tribulation rapture view is that before the, the, the rapture or the tribulation, excuse me, starts, uh, Jesus calls the church up and we go up to forever be with the Lord. And then the saints come with Christ in his second coming. Uh, yeah. But then the second coming happens after uh, the, the the tribulation where Christ rules and reigns. Um, but you know, people the the really where the timing part I think comes in is when the rapture happens. You know, yeah. some would say the rapture happens prior to the tribulation. Some would say mid tribulation. Some would say the end. But I think the Bible is pretty clear that the second coming, when Christ rule and reigns, that happens at the end of the tribulation. And that so may I, be what's referenced there. I, ho- I hope you're right. It's, that's just the one spot that I get hung up yeah. on, and then the people in the robes, which could, could the, the simple explanation of that could be that during the tribulation, people can still come to faith, which could explain the people that were in robes up there. Um, they came yeah. to faith during the tribulation. But right, I, exactly. I, that, that yeah. little piece in, in 29 through 31 is the only thing that I've come across that really gave a depiction as to a possible post, just with the way it said the trumpet will sound, and then his angels will gather his, his people that, you know, I didn't know if that gathering was a different gathering than the caught up, or if it was the same gathering in the caught up. Right. That was my question. Right. And, and I, I think, we'll you know, soon enough. <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot recently because we're going through the book of Daniel, and I think we do have to hold all of this with humility because it is yet future, you know, and yeah. I, I believe in the pre-trib uh, 
rapture view. But like yeah. you said, there's there's a lot of really uh, great believers that love the Lord that have felt differently about it. Yeah. And then one thing I think that gets lost in all the discussion is that we all do agree on the end. You know, exactly. uh, uh, you know, Christ does come and rule and reign and, and set everything right. Um, yep. And so it, it's I'm with you. It's good stuff to think about and pray about. And Lord, come quickly. That, that's exit. Thanks for your time. Yeah, you bet. God bless you. Same to you. Bye. Bye bye. Let's continue on our phone lines. Let's go to line three with Ray. Ray, welcome to the program. Ray, are you still there? All right, looks like we lost Ray. So I'm going to jump over and uh, take some text uh, questions that have come in. Thank you guys uh, for uh, sending these uh, text questions. Reads, I don't understand that we are not saved by our works. However, what is the Bible uh, taught? I do understand that we are not saved by our works. However, what is the Bible talking about when it says faith without works is dead? That confuses me. So that's out of the book of James where it says that faith without works uh, is dead. Uh, And so it's not saying that works save us, but works are evidence of our faith or or evidence that, that that our faith in Christ is is alive. I think of it this way if I I th- throw a rock into a pond there's a ripple uh, effect that that takes place and when we believe in Christ it has effect. And so the works aren't saving us, but the works are evidence of the fact that Christ uh, is in our life. So I hope that that uh, is is helpful to you uh, in that. So another uh, text that uh, has come in in response to this uh, discussion of the Trinity. The Trinity is always best described using water, ice, uh, and vapor. One element, three uh, states. Yeah, so that's a great example of uh, the Trinity. So thank you for sending that in uh, as well. You know, as uh, we've got a few minutes uh, left in uh, today's program, I would just like to encourage everybody listening. If you'd be uh, praying for Colorado Springs, uh, I pastor here uh, in Colorado Springs. Uh, We've had uh, 11 shootings in our city uh, since last uh, Thursday, and a lot of them uh, involving our our teenagers. Um, So I want to take a minute to to pray for our city and just would would ask for everybody listening today to, to pray for Colorado Springs and pray for safety. Pray for these young people that their hearts would be uh, turned to Christ uh, in a special way. So if, if you would join me in prayer. Father, we thank you that you are in control. And uh, Lord, we want to just take a moment to, to lift up Colorado Springs to you. And Lord, I just pray for all of this violence that's taken place uh, this last week. And Lord, also in Thornton, uh, the, the the shooting that took place in uh, in Thornton in the Walmart, Lord. And, and Lord, we just ask uh, that you would cause our communities to be safe, uh, that there would be peace in our communities. We think of our police officers that are responding to all of this. Lord, would you give them wisdom and 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 really uh, give the police chiefs lord your grace and lord we pray for the hearts of those that are committing this evil uh, lord that their hearts would be convicted and uh, that they would ultimately come to the knowledge of you jesus and to, to repentance um, so we pray for uh, just a great move of your spirit uh, throughout colorado springs throughout denver lord throughout the united states uh, um, that you would cause our hearts to really turn back to you god and so we look to you and we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd also like to take this opportunity to encourage you to be in fellowship. 
relationship. Uh, we know the enemy doesn't want us being in relationship with uh, believers. Today in our show, uh, we were talking about Revelations 2 and 3, and, and Christ is in the presence of the church. He He's in the presence of, of the lampstands, which represents the church. And so God wants you planted in a body of believers. And so I would encourage you, if maybe you've gotten out of the habit of, of being in fellowship, or maybe you've gotten hurt, and, and you thought, well, I love Jesus, but I don't want to be part of a body of believers, uh, is to really commit yourself uh, to be part of a local church. Uh, you know, I'm so thankful I grew up in a home. Uh, going to church wasn't an option. Uh, you know, my dad set that standard in our home, and I didn't always appreciate it. I didn't always want to go. Uh, but make plans now. Sunday morning's going to come quick. Saturday night's going to come quick. And choose to be in uh, fellowship. Choose to be in God's uh, house. Uh, and then also I'd encourage you to uh, take time to draw near uh, to the Lord. Uh, we're told in James uh, chapter 4 that if we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. I mean, what a promise. The the creator of the universe uh, wants to draw near to us. You know, he's, he's willing to respond to us drawing near to him. Take some time to read the word. Go for a walk this evening and take time to pray. And then look to look to serve. Uh, look to serve in your local church. Uh, look to also serve uh, those around you that don't know Christ as our Savior. Uh, we're on mission uh, to glorify the name of Christ, to, to share his love, to be uh, salt and light. If you're in the Colorado Springs area, we'd like to invite you to Rocky Mountain Calvary. Uh, we have service Saturday night at 6, Sunday morning at 9 and 11. We're currently going through the book of Daniel, so we'll be in Daniel chapter 8. So please come uh, visit us. We would love uh, to have you. So wherever you're at and wherever you're listening, there's great churches in your community uh, and choose to plug in and worship and uh, be involved. Uh, you know, it's an interesting show. I really enjoy being a part of it. The idea of questions, you know, it's always good to bring our questions first and foremost to the Lord. We see greater understanding happen when we go to the Lord with our questions and also to go to those in the body of Christ uh, to be able to ask questions, to bounce things off of. And as we talk about the truth of scripture uh, so many times we grow so thanks for listening pray that god blesses you and he keeps you and you have a, a great weekend in the lord remember that god loves you bye-bye Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.